and I don't know. It's like putting it in. Good evening and welcome to the Late Night Fright on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. Tonight we have the 2012 biopic Hitchcock starring Academy Award winner Anthony Hopkins and Academy Award winner Helen Mirren. Oh, Helen, I like the way you do the things you do. Settle in for a little mystery, a little intrigue, and a little murder. It's time for the Late Night Fright with Dan and Faith on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. Welcome to the Late Night Fright right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. I am Dan, and with me, as always, is my very psycho co-host, Faith. Say hi, Faith. Hi, Faith. And that's a very good description. It is a very good description. You should see the look on her face right now. I mean, I've got a knife and everything, just... Yeah, and it's not a prop knife, people. (laughs) Well, we are in the month of January. If you have been following the show, it is Mystery Thriller Month here. We started off with Rear Window. We moved into Play Misty for Me. Last week, we did an episode on a movie that I think is absolutely wonderful, 1981's Brian De Palma film, Blowout, starring John Travolta and Nancy Allen. This week's movie is not the one we're going to talk about right now. It is uh, 1992's Reservoir Dogs. But we are moving towards 1960s Psycho next week. And as a little supplemental episode, this isn't going to be a very long episode, I think. We are going to be taking a look at 2012's biopic Hitchcock, starring Anthony Hopkins and the always lovely Helen Mirren. And Faith, check this out. This this really weird thing has been happening in the studio. Mm-hmm. I don't. Do you know what's been happening here? Mm-mm. Check it out. If I say with love in my heart... Her name. Mm-hmm. This happens. Are you ready for this? Yes. Watch this. Helen Mirren. Come a little closer, you sexy mother. Mm, Helen Mirren. Girl, why you gotta be so fine? You're so fine. You're so fine. I like the way you do the things you do to me. Keep on doing it. You got that sexy old been going on all week in the studio well is that you no i don't know where that oh. came from but interesting if you say her name with love in your heart it'll happen you go ahead and try helen mirren i guess you don't oh love her i don't way, love her the way, way you do. That i do 
<laughs> so the 2012 film was directed by Sasha Gervasi. As we said, it stars uh, Mr. Hopkins and Miss Mirren. It's got a lovely supporting cast. Miss Tony Collette is in the film playing his assistant. We have uh, Jessica Beale makes an appearance. James Darcy from Cloud Atlas is in the film playing... Uh, Norman Bates himself, uh, Anthony Perkins, and in a very surprising turn, Scarlett Johansson plays Janet Lee. So this movie, if you have not seen it, it chronicles 1960 when Hitchcock has just finished North by Northwest. They ask him what his next project is going to be. And really, Faith, what would you say against uh, popular opinion? He decides to make a slasher movie. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. <laughs> it's it's kind of a... a um, What's what I'm looking for? It's it's not in style with the crowd right. that he's running with. He really wants to make Robert Block's 1960 novel Psycho into a film. And the movie is one part biopic. It's one part making of Psycho. It's a love story. It's kind of a rocky tale of someone, you know, going further than they've been in their in their life. It's got comedic elements. It's got a bit of romance to it. It's a lovely love story, I think. Uh, It's got some inside movie stuff. It's got a lot of things happening Mm -hmm. here, and it's anchored by these two actors. So let's get right into it. What did you think of Hitchcock? I really like this movie. It's a really nice, feel-good movie, you know? It just, it kind of captures you, and you feel like you're not really watching a movie, kind of. (laughs) You feel like watching these people in real life, you know? I completely agree with that assessment of the movie. I had not seen this. Um, it had passed me by. Mm-hmm. Um, funny thing, biopics are hit and miss for me. Me too. Um, nine times out of ten, they're more miss than hit. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think one of my favorite movies of all time is Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story, which makes fun of the <laughs> musical biopic. What do you think about the the biographical picture? Now, with that said, there are some very, very good ones out there. Coal Miner's Daughter is one that mm-hmm. springs to mind. Uh, the movie Ray is another mm-hmm. one. But for all of those, then you get something that's a little kind of off, like the James Brown biopic, uh, Everybody Get Up, I think was the name of that one. Uh, the Ali movie with Will Smith, as great as he is in that movie. That movie falls a little flat for me, knowing what I know about Ali. So um, what do you think about this genre in particular? I'm with you. It's kind of a hit or miss type thing. Like you said, most of them for me are kind of a miss. But the ones you named are usually my go-tos. You know, I mean, I guess it just depends on, you know, how the story's being told or whatnot. Because sometimes they just don't really capture me or do anything for me. You know, and even even if you know who that person is, it's still just... You know, it kind of that loses me a little bit. You bring up a good point. I want to let's get right into this: how they tell this story, mm-hmm. because this to me is so important. How they tell this story mm-hmm. and what they do. Uh, if you have not seen this film uh, from here on out, there will be spoilers. But uh, you know, if you really want to spoil yourself, just go to Wikipedia read <laughs> read about his life. Um, as we said, um, the movie opens uh, after North by Northwest, and a reporter insinuates that maybe it's time for the great director to retire. But the way that they they set this story up is like his old TV show, and they play the funeral march for a marionette. He turns, he addresses the audience. Mm-hmm. They also bring in the figure of Ed Gein, who was the inspiration for Norman Bates and Psycho. Norman Gein was also the inspiration for the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which we talked about on the show. Um, I know you're familiar with the Ed Gein story. 
Uh, how did you feel? Because Ed Gein is a character in the film talking to Hitchcock throughout. Mm-hmm. Um, almost in a way, because what I really like about this movie is it mirrors Psycho in yeah. so many ways. The way Norman has mother talking to him. <laughs> Alfred has Ed Gein talking to him throughout the film. (laughs) And the movie opens with Ed Gein killing someone. And and then we go into the story. Uh, What did you think about the way that they set this up like the TV show? Because it is bookended with Hitchcock actually addressing Mm -hmm. us, the audience. And uh, at the end, I love the end. Uh, he says something about you're only as good as your next picture. Where will I get the inspiration? And a bird bird. lands on him. Yeah. nudge nudge wink wink so what did you think about the uh the 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 bookend segments as a tv show i really really enjoyed that i think that was a really good way of telling the story and just bring in who he is i think to the movie you know it felt more real i don't know you know i i like what you said because it feels like something he would do it really does you know it's almost like he's cameoing in his own movie, if I that know. makes sense, talking the way that he I talks know. to us. Um, I I really liked it. I thought it was clever. And and not only did I think it was a great narrative device, I thought it was appropriate because of the cultural, you know, conception mm-hmm. of Hitchcock, you know, and a lot of people, you know, do associate him with the television show, right. you know, and, and I growing up, that's how I knew who he was. You know, right. He was a superstar. You know, not many directors are superstars and he was a superstar and a name all unto himself. So I like that they kind of make that that nod towards the um, the cultural exactly importance and the relevance that he had. Um, What did you think about the through line with him having uh, psychotherapy sessions with Ed Gein? Because that is a big running thing and how we get Alfred's kind of inner inner monologue again that was another one of my favorite parts because i feel like i almost see if you agree with me I almost feel like he was like talking to that dark space in his mind you know like that was yeah the darkness not no <laughs> not i know the evil or anything just you know i mean psycho is pretty out there and in and, and pretty dark and i mean i think that was kind of his way of you know talking through it or getting it out or understanding it absolutely we all have that lizard brain yes. <laughs> part of us, that that nasty place, you know, mm-hmm. that some of us admit to having and, and try to, um, what's the word I'm looking at, parabond with, at least accept it. You right, know, right. we all have light and dark. You accept that that's part of who you are. You know, you, you don't act on it. You know, and then there right. are people who are unbalanced and act on it. And uh, it's there. And then there are people who just don't want to admit that it's there. And that to me, you know, you have that capacity. Right. And I think Hitchcock... As a filmmaker, you know, we've talked about Rear Window and uh, some of his other work on, on this. We're going to be talking about Psycho, which is a great example of it. He understood human nature. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. And he makes the point in the movie, uh, at least the Hopkins Hitchcock does, you know, I stand in the corner with a camera and point it. My camera doesn't lie. I'm just there observing, you know, and that's for me why his movies are so good. It's human behavior. Yeah. We saw that with Rear Window with the voyeurism. You know, right. we uh, one of the things I want to point out here, there's some great Easter eggs for Hitchcock fans. Uh, Alfred uh, looks through the window a few times. Uh, he sees, uh, is it Janet Lee walking by mm-hmm. uh, at one one time? Uh, he looks through the window. Uh, there's uh, there's several references to his work throughout sprinkled mm-hmm. throughout. And I and I think 
uh, one of the things I was taking from it, the filmmakers just had a very loving, uh, you know, there's a real affection towards him. I didn't feel like this was a hit piece or an expose. I feel like they tried to present him as a whole person, you Mm -hmm. know. And he's a little weird. Did you did you take that he's a little weird I from did. this? I did. <laughs> Just a little bit. What kind of weird do you think he is? Because I, I don't think he's a creepy weird. No. I, but I think he's aware of, like we said, that human nature side. And, and he, he was an artist. That's yeah. the thing. He's an artist. Artists are a different bunch. I think know. I think eccentric is a good word for him. That's the word. You yeah. Know, I think I think that's a good word for him. Because like you said, he's not creepy. But... He also gets that side of thing, yeah. you know, but and he can bring it out. But I don't think it's him technically being the creepy. And I mean, look at him too. You can tell <laughs> that this guy takes that bite out of life, and and because he's he is referred to, and the, the best word that I've heard to describe him is said by his wife Alma in the movie. <laughs> You're corpulent, you know, and so there there is this this lust in this in this desire that he that he does satiate you know sometimes Mm -hmm. through food but uh you know there there's a lot going on with him you know i don't think he's a creepster at all you know nothing like that but there there's a and it's not even like a dark side that's going to come out and be a problem but no he appreciates he looks at women Mm -hmm. he appreciates them uh before we move on to the performance uh one of the one of my favorite little moments in the movie he's looking for his blonde to play marion crane in psycho and before settling on Janet Lee, he has a, a uh, smorgasbord of pictures of <laughs> actresses who are who are very, you know, uh, popular and hot mm-hmm. at the time, and all of them absolutely breathtakingly gorgeous. And they were the real pictures too of those right. of those women, which was great. And right there, up in the left hand corner, standing alone from the rest of them, was Grace Kelly. <laughs> yep. And there was a moment where he looks at her picture very very longingly and. Mm-hmm lovingly and and not as we we i feel like we just kind of established him as this creep and it's not in this creepy (laughs) way but she was gone she was in monaco's she was doing her thing and he he touches the picture and you can tell that you know he misses her and Mm -hmm. and wishes he could work with her and and he says at one point he wanted her to be in psycho you know maybe she'll come be in psycho you know (laughs) (laughs) which of course i don't think was a uh would have happened (laughs) i don't think prince rainier would have taken too kindly to his wife being naked in the shower so i don't think so (laughs) so i really i really enjoyed uh the character of hitchcock throughout Mm -hmm. this movie it is uh as i said it's kind of a rocky balboa story where you've got i don't want to call him an underdog but he the the chips are stacked against him in this movie he's financing this thing by himself no one wants to make it so he's doing it himself i mean so he's in danger of losing his fortune and and his house and everything that he owns and has built over this decades-long career both in britain and in hollywood so you want him to succeed and the thing you know what i liked about it too you know he's going to make the movie right (laughs) you know it's going to be great you know it's going to be a smash hit and I was sitting there going, oh, man. But you still worry? Yeah, I was worried. I was worried the entire time. Like, so, <laughs> something was going to happen. Yeah, but you know, I mean, like you said, you know it's going to happen. So, but but I, I liked seeing this brilliant guy kind of in the role of underdog, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and it's not, I didn't feel like it was terribly, you know, uh, overstated or, or like a simplified thing. It was just like, 
the odds are stacked against him. He's got to go. The other thing I liked about where Hitchcock is in his life, he's an older man at this point, and he wants creative freedom again. He wants to feel young again. And mm-hmm. there's so many things I was I was identifying with him, you know, as a as a person, mm-hmm. you know, and as an artist and as a man. I was just identifying with where he was at in his life, and and I really, like I said, I really enjoyed the character and, and how they portrayed him in the film. Me too. So let's talk about the guy who, who portrayed him, Anthony Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins is multiple Academy Award nominated actor. He won for playing one of the greatest boogers of all time, Dr. Hannibal Lecter in Silence of the Lambs. He is uh, great in everything that he's in. He is sort of identified with the horror genre through the uh, Lecter character. What did you think of Sir Anthony in Hitchcock portraying the corpulent one? Uh, I think, I mean, I think he killed it. I think he really took him to a real place. Because like I said earlier, I feel like I was really watching Alfred Hitchcock for most of the movie and not Anthony Hopkins, you know? I I totally agree with you because I never saw him in the movie. From the first time that he pops up, I was seeing Alfred Hitchcock. And there were some flashes where I was seeing, you know, Hopkins come out. Mm-hmm. And you can't help that. You right. know? But uh, the makeup was very good. Mm-hmm. I thought, you know... Uh, I thought his his voice performance as Hitchcock was very good. I thought his his mannerisms yeah. were were so well done, and I really never felt like I was watching Anthony Hopkins in this movie. And it, 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 like I said, you can't give enough credit to that makeup. What did you think of the makeup? I liked the makeup, and I had texted you <laughs> while watching this that he somewhat reminded me of the Penguin from Batman. I don't know why, but yes. Maybe how pale he was in the suit. I don't know. <laughs> yes. This film got one Academy Award nomination, and that Academy Award nomination was for makeup from uh, Mr. Howard Berger, Peter Montana, Montagna, and Martin Samuel. They were responsible for this. And I think he really, I never felt like I was looking at a makeup piece Mm-mm. either. It was very seamless, even mm-hmm. when he was in the tub and you could see, you know, the uh, the, the fat suit, mm-hmm. you know, that they had on him and uh I thought he did great, and the thing is, like, he's he's able to emote under the makeup, so it was just, I think it was great performance, great great kind of synergy between the, the makeup and the actor, and, and one doesn't get in the way of the other, you know, you don't right. lose Hopkins in there, which I thought was great. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought he did a great job. He sound, I, I thought he sounds like him, too. I thought so, too. That was the thing. <laughs> that was the thing. Um, well, he has a dance mate in this, and a very good and lovely dance mate uh, apparently if you say her name with the with love love and maybe a little bit of lust in your heart uh the song will play it's magic it's like christmas uh helen Mirren plays his wife irma revel now this was the best part of this to me because i knew that they worked together i did not know the extent to which these two uh worked so so closely she was a uh, writer and a producer and an editor and she could do it all they even show her at one point in this movie directing a scene uh from psycho one of the scenes that uh it's really noted for uh she hitchcock planned out and she executed because he was feeling uh, a little mm-hmm. under the weather that day so her um contributions to his work you really get to see the extent in this right. film. So what did you think of the character of Irma Revel in this movie? And let's just say this too. So there's a little bit of intrigue going on because the writer of strangers on a train, and I'm about to look up his name, uh, play Danny Houston plays him in the movie. 
And there's a little bit of an emotional affair happening between these two. Mm-hmm. And um, I was so worried about this the entire time that Me it was going to become a consummated affair, which, spoiler alert, it does not. Mm-hmm. Do you th- I don't think it was ever going to become a consummated affair. I never- now, do you know that I, I, I even Googled it to see if it actually happened? Because <laughs> I was like, I wonder if this was like, a, did this, you know, this really happen in real life? Whitfield Cook is the uh, is the writer's name that uh, Danny Houston is portraying, and he's asking her to help him adapt a novel, one of his novels, into a film. And he's hoping that Hitchcock will make this into a film, but Hitchcock has his sights set on Psycho. <laughs> so, um, what did you think about uh, the character of Irma Revel? And I'm saying character because. Yeah. You know, I, I haven't looked too much into her work, and I plan on doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, um, as it's presented here. Well, I before I say anything else, I had read that there's this and another movie where they portray her completely different, and no one's sure which one is exactly closest to her. Yeah, I know that when he won his Lifetime Achievement Award at the AFI, that he thanked, and they they make mention of this in the movie that he thanked her for being all the things that she was and mm-hmm. for being you know, this great partner to him. And if you see her in the movie, she's crying in the, in the uh, speech, she's Mm -hmm. crying. And you can tell that these two people were extremely devoted to one another. So I I know what you're talking about. It was an HBO biopic. I believe that they did. And Imelda Staunton played her in that. And I understand from a lot of people that they, they said they didn't really get, you know, the relationship down. People that had worked with Hitchcock said that wasn't her at all. So, I'm going to say this is this probably is closer. It feels mm-hmm. real. It does, you know? yeah. I, I loved her. I think she is a character that I felt grounded most of this to me. Does it make any sense? Yes, it does, because she grounds him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely felt that. And I just, I don't know, she, even not even, uh, you know, Helen Mirren, I feel like she just had, I don't know, I, I really liked she her. She was a brassy she brassy was. broad <laughs> she was you know without being a, a brassy broad she and this is not she was not in the shadows the people in the know knew mm-hmm. and she said i don't care if the public knows what i do the people who, who need to know know mm-hmm. you know what i do and i didn't feel like they were going on this weird agenda driven thing with her right you know where they weren't saying that oh she was the real genius you know right. because there are a group of people out there who say that George Lucas was not the real architect of Star Wars. That it was his wife, Marsha, who saved the movie in the editing. The movie was made what it was in the editing, and she had a huge part, along with George and some other people that were in there. Mm-hmm. So there's this kind of revisionist thing where they want to take certain things away from people, and I don't feel that's what this movie no. was trying to do. I felt like it was trying to honor both of them I and really so. show the the collaborative spirit between these two that's exactly what i was about to say i don't feel like it was you know a movie of him or a movie of her i feel like like you said it was a movie to show how well not only did they work together but being a couple you know and yeah their their lives in general yeah. and how well they were and, and as much intrigue as there were there was with the affair aspect of this i really enjoyed watching them as a married couple mm-hmm. i enjoyed their relationship a whole lot me too as as kind of weird and eccentric as it as it was but she's every bit as weird and eccentric as he is and is completely supportive of him mm-hmm. and uh it's it's really really wonderfully done i think and and to see older people in a relationship like this is yeah. wonderful because you don't you, you know we we kind of youth obsess sometimes and we mm-hmm. don't see things like this too often exactly you know 
But uh, I thought it was wonderfully done. What did you think of Dame Helen Mirren? Because uh, I I love her. I I really do. I I think she's wonderful. I think she's one of our best actresses, you know, mm-hmm. out there working. And uh, I think we both have something we want to say about her too. Uh, that we were talking about just a little earlier before we went on. So Faith is giggling because she knows what's going to come. But what did you think of her performance and just Helen Mirren in general? Because I don't think we've mentioned her on the show. I don't before. think so. No, I've I've always liked her. Uh, everything that I've seen her in, I I enjoy her. And I think here, I think she was incredible. I really think she was. I think she brought that character again just like Anthony Hopkins to life you feel like you're watching these real people and not somebody acting you know yeah the thing is it's it's not many people that can steal a movie from Anthony Hopkins <laughs> it's not many people that can steal a movie from Anthony Hopkins and makeup as plain Alfred Hitchcock as well as he is and she <laughs> is not wearing makeup I know and she almost steals the movie exactly. from him. And, she really does. And I think Helen Mirren is, in real life is is just as brassy as <laughs> this woman is. I've always enjoyed her. And the point that I want to bring up about Helen Mirren, there's something kind of magical going on with her. Because she's in her 70s now. And I think that Helen Mirren is just as attractive, if not more attractive, than most women in their 20s. I know. And 30, you know, women literally half her age. There's something about her that mm-hmm. is just, you know, she's absolutely sexy and breathtaking and gorgeous and all those things. But you made a great point about her because we were talking about uh, her. We were looking at some pictures of her and her young as opposed to her older. And you made a great point because it's exactly how I feel about her. And, and I'd love for you to share that. Yeah. You know, I think the older they get, the older they get, the older she gets, the prettier she gets. And I find that interesting. <laughs> yeah, and and I don't I don't know. You know, they're so good with some of these things. I, and this is not me at all saying, oh, she's had work done. But she doesn't look like she's no. had work, work done. I don't you know? think so. And uh, it's something about when you see her in her late 40s, but really when she gets in her 50s, it's mm-hmm. like, you know, you know, va-va-voom, <laughs> you know. And I'm, I'm looking at her in this movie, and they're even kind of, uh, I don't want to say frumping her up, but she's not this glamorous. Right woman and i'm just going i mean look at her like like (laughs) this is amazing you know she's it's really kind of neat and kind of a once in a lifetime thing to see her Mm kind of out there and she was a l'oreal cover girl (laughs) you know (laughs) you know i'm surprised the music hasn't been playing the whole time that's well i i'm I'm trying to keep it professional i'm trying to keep it professional right now but i do i really i really uh love helen mirren so huge crush on Helen Mirren Cue since the music. I was, since I was since I was a teenager. No, no, we're going to we're going to we're going to hold off for the end. So, uh we mentioned we have a great supporting cast here. Uh Tony Collette, I think Tony Collette knocks out the park. Oh, yeah. She plays Secretary she Peggy. She kind of always does. Uh Jessica Biel plays Vera Miles who appears in Psycho. Uh Jessica Biel is someone that I really can take or leave. Yeah, uh, I, don't, I don't really love her hater. So, I mean, I thought she was really good here. Mm-hmm, I did too. I thought she was really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, James Darcy plays uh, Anthony Perkins. He has one or two, maybe three scenes in the movie. My God, this guy sounded exactly like Anthony Perkins. I know. I know. I would. I would like to have seen more of him. I think. Uh, I want to bring that up when we get when we get toward the end of this when we wrap it up. Um, I want, to, I want to take a minute, though, and talk about Scarlett Johansson, though. She plays mm-hmm. Janet Lee, And uh, Scarlett Johansson was just nominated for two Academy Awards, uh, her first nomination. She's uh, nominated for Best Actress for Marriage Story and Best Supporting Actress for Jojo Rabbit. And uh, I hear she's wonderful in both movies. She's, she's one, 
I I enjoy her. I, I don't think one way or the other about mm-hmm. her. I think she's uh, she's been in the business a long time. And I think she's an okay person. She seems like she's. <laughs> You're an okay person. No, I mean, you know, like the, I'm talking about just that public image of like right. she seems at least like she, you know, is a real human being. Yeah. Like you could talk to her and have a conversation. She's she's not an idiot, you know, who just <laughs> recites words, you know, that are given to her. She seems like she, you know, she's a thinker. And um, like I said, I, I have liked her, but it's not like, you know. Like I seek out her work right. That's that's kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. You know, me too. <laughs> I really. Okay, so let me go back because we uh, we talked about in game on one mm-hmm. of the episodes. I really started to enjoy her towards the end of the Marvel run that she did. Mm-hmm. Me too. And I was so surprised at how much I loved her as Janet Lee and what she brought to Janet Lee mm-hmm. here. What did you think of uh, of Scarlett Johansson in this movie? I think she was wonderful, and not that I you know can't stand or anything, but it's ra- I think rare that I use that word when she's in a movie, and I'm not. Nothing against her. Yeah. You know, but I think she was so good. She was she, one of my favorite parts She was of a movie. breath of sunshine in the film. There's so much darkness around mm-hmm. it. This Janet Lee character shows up <laughs> and, you know, it is like this kind of fully formed person. And uh, yeah. you can tell she's trying her best to be a good mother. She's mm-hmm. a beautiful woman, but that she doesn't seem stuck up or conceited, you right. know, always talking about her kids, you know, yeah. and, and sees this as a great opportunity yeah. for her. And, I love the way she played. She was just, she was glowing the entire movie. I was going to say, there was was no darkness or, you know, drama connected to her. (laughs) And I like the way that the movie showed her contributions to the film. Mm -hmm. You know, that they really show that she, and Anthony Perkins, you know, uh, they showed him in several scenes, you know, contributing to to the film, you know, ideas and things like that. And uh, I like that. So I I do want to say my biggest knock, and this is what I wanted to get to, my biggest knock on the movie is, I wanted more behind the scenes <laughs> psycho stuff. So did I. I wanted more on the set stuff mm-hmm. that I wanted to see some of the trivial things that went into the making of the movie. Right. Like they didn't even talk about the fact that the blood was a, uh, you know, chocolate syrup. You know, they didn't even <laughs> they didn't even mention that. Right. Um I wanted more of that. I I, I will knock the movie for that. I'm going to take off like a half point for that. But for but everything else is so good around it and it and it's more of a hindsight looking back going i wanted more mm-hmm. director hitchcock yeah. i wanted more of him sitting in the chair directing and i wanted to see his process and this is uh coming from a film nut you know wanting right. to see that yeah. yeah wanting to see what went into the shower scene even though you see parts of that yeah that's exactly where i'm at i think just a little bit more of that would have just taken it to the you know over the top for that, me that it, right next level right, yeah i didn't hate the movie by any means i just when we got some of those little moments of you know on the set i was like oh i really i like seeing this yeah i think yeah i think a little more would have been really good yeah i also didn't want the movie to end i, I really I didn't, didn't. Really did I, I enjoyed spending time with these people mm-hmm. you know and so in true rocky fashion it's a rousing success you know he has to promote the movie himself and in true hitchcock fashion he does that and it's a you know, it's not only is it a rousing success, it is one of the most influential movies ever made. We have mentioned, I can't tell you how many times we've mentioned Psycho on this on this show. <laughs> um, and we're finally going to be getting around to doing it. And about time. <laughs> it is about time. Um, but, you know, so influential in the horror genre, but only also in the mystery thriller. Any, but just movies in general, mm-hmm. it's, it's so influential and it's a rousing success. And yeah, he didn't need to retire. He had that one last really great movie in him 
and uh, great success. We get one of the sweetest moments I've seen in a long time at the end of this movie. Now, we've established in several of our episodes that there is the, uh, the, the common themes in the Hitchcock film. That's the blonde. Yes. The Hitchcock blonde. <laughs> His favorite being Grace Kelly, Janet Lee, Tippi Hedren. There, there, were, there were several. We get, in, and I texted you. We were watching this at the same time in different locations. And I texted you when I got to the end and I said, this made me misty out like i actually kind of cried a little bit at the end when he walks out of the premiere and he looks at his wife and he says of all the hitchcock blondes you're my favorite mm-hmm. and she had just helped save the picture and in, and in saving the picture saved their fortune and secured their legacy and i thought it was just a beautiful beautiful romantic really, moment it, it between really was. those two and the thing is, I guess it felt a little more romantic to me because I believe Hitchcock was a romantic. Mm-hmm. And uh, because you know he means it. That's the thing. Right. I don't know if he said it in real life or not, but you can tell when he won that AFI award that they reference at the end of, of this film. And that clip is available on YouTube. You can see it. And it's beautiful. And, and you can tell it's real. It was a real love between them. And mm-hmm. that just, it just warmed my heart. And, and I got a little misty eyed. And. It was it was so sublime, like it wasn't like this big emotional moment in the film. It didn't, right. you know, build to this climax. You know, it just he just looks at her and says, you know, you're my favorite. And I thought it was just a wonderful sentiment. I thought so too. And it's like you 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 pointed it out, and I was like, I, I, I need to see it play out. You know, and it really was a very sweet moment. And yes. I'm not a very and you're not. I know you're not a sentimental <laughs> mushy person. Not really. Yeah. But I I I I got it. You know. I, I'm I know of the two of us I'm more apt to be moved by it mm-hmm. outwardly you right. know and uh, but I'm like you though I'm not like it, it it has to really hit right and that one for some reason it re- really, it really hit. did it really did and I think it was nice I think it was a nice ending to I, do and, I do too I do too and, uh, and then, of course, we get the the grand finale with him, again, addressing the audience. And, and he goes, where will I get my next inspiration? Yes. The bird lands on him, which I thought was wonderful. So nice this, this is a really great movie. I recommend it for anyone who's a fan of Hitchcock. I, I recommend it for anyone who's a horror movie fan, a fan of Psycho, a fan of uh, old Hollywood. Uh, anybody who likes underdog movies, I think, would really like this. Yeah. And uh, it, it, the performances are so well, well done. The, the film is very well directed. And uh, Ivan Reitman was one of the producers on this. Ivan Reitman, of course, did Ghostbusters and Animal House and so many movies. But it's it's it, tone uh, tone wise, it's it's so over the place. I mean that in a good way. It's it's funny and engaging and and got moments of suspense in it too, which is yeah. great. And the way that, like I said, it mirrors uh, Psycho and they bring in the Ed Gein character kind of as his mother in a way. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really just well done and clever and not too clever for its own good it, yeah. it feels like a nice companion piece to to the director so yeah. i i really really liked it i and, really did too and uh high marks to the cast we also have ralph macchio the karate kid makes <laughs> a makes a very small uh cameo and was there anything that you'd like to add about this um outside of all these great things that we've said about it not that i could think of off the top of my head 
I really, I really did enjoy this movie. This is a, it was really good. Yeah, a good watch. I enjoyed it way more than than I was I was expecting to. Me too. Me, and, I really uh, need I would, to. I would gladly watch this again and again. Mm-hmm. It's it's that. I feel like it has good rewatch value. It does. I think so. so. If you know his uh, filmography, you're going to really get a kick out of it. Mm-hmm. A lot of great Easter eggs in there. So, well, uh, Mystery Thriller Month continues. We are doing this uh, just as a little little appetizer for Psycho, which will be happening next week. So in conjunction, we've been doing these little supplemental episodes, uh, but we want to go ahead and do this one this week to kind of get this out the way and kind of make you aware of this movie if, if you haven't seen it. So check this out and then maybe watch Psycho or or vice versa. But uh, we are also going to be doing the pilot episode of Bates Motel uh-huh. with Psycho next week. And you've and never seen that, huh? I've never seen it. So disappointed. In never you. seen it. <laughs> And I was thinking we might possibly also do the kind of remake of Psycho that they do on Base Motel with Rihanna. I know that she pops up as Marion Crane, so maybe. And uh, that's so far into the into the series. That's right. It's very strange. It was very. It's a very. Me watching it, it was a very odd. I think it was like the last season that she yeah. popped up. I, I would like to see what they what they do with it's that. A, it's one of my favorite shows. So, okay. It's really good. So, uh, so like I said, just kind of doing some prep work because we're going to have two Bates Motels possibly next week. So we didn't want to like, you know, jumble you up with too many episodes. <laughs> but uh, we, uh, like as we said, uh, Rear Window from the great director is available. Uh, it was our first episode of 2020. Then we followed up with Clint Eastwood, Play Misty for Me. And then we did Blowout, which is one of the greatest films I think ever made. And uh, that episode is one of my favorites of the show that we've Mm -hmm. done. I felt like we did a really good job with that. Uh, Please check that out. Those episodes are available wherever podcasts can be found. And we want to thank you for your continued support. If you're a return listener here to Cozy Corner, welcome back. Thank you again for coming. And if this has been your first time listening to us, welcome. We hope that you come back and we hope that you enjoyed our little our little show here on Hitchcock. <laughs> I feel like, you know, the insight that we, we, we add to these things is, you know, is, you, you know, it's better than anything <laughs> out there, right? <laughs> right? I'm kidding. But, oh, uh, and by the way, happy birthday. Thank you. I just remembered it was Monday. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. I feel, I feel 19 years old. <laughs> you look it. Thank you, Faith. <laughs> I just want to say, uh, uh, thank you sincerely. I, I, I really do mean that. And, uh, um, Faith got me a great gift. She got me, <laughs> she got me a coffee mug with Jules and Vincent from Pulp Fiction on it, and it says, uh, "This is some gourmet shit," <laughs> and it, and it's my new favorite thing ever. Just like you're my favorite thing. Ever. I wanted to keep the mug. I'm glad you didn't. <laughs> glad you didn't. Well, good evening to all of you out there. Thank you for tuning in. I am Dan. And I am Faith. Let's see if this works. Let's see if this works. Melon Marin. Come a little closer. Magic Faith. Here's the music. (laughs) We'll see you on the other side. Girl, why you gotta be so fast?